Hello, welcome to the 200th episode of Storytelling Secrets. Well, it's not actually episode 200, but we're celebrating 200s today. And I couldn't have done this without you, my listener. I'm up to about 27 downloads, 27,000 downloads, 85 star reviews, been ranked top 150, lots of under 100s in many different countries from like Belgium, People like Mexico, Germany, uh, even just Saudi Arabia before, Indonesia. So I'm really grateful for your listenership. Thank you. And today I wanted to bring on a special guest. He was here for episode 100 and we were talking a different style of podcast today. So he's going to be interviewing me. Um, if, you, if you're ever curious a bit behind the scenes, if, you ever, if, if you've ever been curious about, you know, a bit of the behind the scenes of me and my life and what's been going on the last two years, um, there's been quite a dramatic change in the world and, you know, I've my perspective has definitely changed in many different regards and I think you really like today's episode and, of course, we drop some value. Well, the person I'm interviewing today or interviews me, he drops a ton of value. So it's not just me, me, me. So there's actually going to be, Pete made sure um, that you get some real value out of today's episode. So who is my guest? Well, I talk about him all the time. I rant and rave about him all the time. He's my mentor, uh, a really good coach. He's one of Australia's best copywriters. His name is Pete Godfrey. And You're going to like the banter that we have today, the content, the value, all that good stuff. But other than that, I want to say thank you for your listenership. Let's look forward to another 200 episodes because, frankly, I love podcasting. It's just the best menu out there. But other than that, if you like today's show, go leave a review. And if not, you know, that's totally cool. I really appreciate your listenership for today. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use their stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm your host, Jules Dan. We've got a special episode today with someone who's kind of reclusive, is really hard to get to. It's worth the effort. He's one of Australia's best copywriters, and he was actually on episode 100. And I'm joined by my coach and mentor, Pete Godfrey. Pete, welcome again. Hey, great. To, yeah, great to be here. And, and, and congratulations on the 200th episode, mate. That, that's a real effort. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, well, mate, you get things done. Like I've been working with you for nearly two years now, and uh, I don't want to swell your head or pump your tires up too much because you haven't done that too much. So that's okay. But when you get it, it, it means something. It's I'm not one of those people who you know. If I'm you go girl, you, you see that all over social media. You no, know? exactly. Not that, yeah. not that you're a girl, 
But one of the things, one of the things that I, that I do admire about you is I set you a task, you do it, uh, you know, and with your podcast, you, you know, you just got on with the job, done it. You know, you've done some incredible work this year with some complex launches and, um, you know, rewriting launches, which is even harder. Um, but you've just got in there, done the work, you haven't moaned about it. So, um, yeah, long way of saying congratulations. Oh, thanks, friend. Pete. I really like to oh, hearing praise from you. It's like it's like the child who <laughs> yeah, yeah. gets beaten down all the time. We're like, no, you've done really well. Yeah. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. Um, no, but thanks, man. It's been a bit of a journey. And like you said, I, one thing I have just made myself do is just show up every single week no matter what, you know, sometimes I normally publish twice a week, but I always made sure I showed up at least every week doing one episode and Hey, it's paid off. I'm up to 27 downloads now, 27,000 downloads, like 27, <laughs> 27. And, and, yeah. But your mum downloaded 10, 10 of those. Yeah. So. Yeah. She did. And down the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, so today I wanted to do something a little bit different. So everyone's listening. Um, I wanted to, for Pete to interview me on the show. So you can get to know a little bit of behind the scenes of Jules Dan and the podcast and the journey I've been on since 2019. Because when I first started this podcast, I was a gym instructor who didn't have a business, who just liked the idea of storytelling and marketing. And that's how I started this whole thing. And now it's turned into a pretty cool thing where I'm doing freelance email copywriting full-time and I'm recording all my secrets for you guys every single week and uh, now it's time to turn the tables a bit so uh, Pete and I've got something a bit pre- pre-planned but um, yeah let's well do well you sent me some questions and he thought ask. that was shit <laughs> well I thought I thought you were interviewing me for our listeners <laughs> two minutes before the show I thought it was just a normal podcast but apparently I'm interviewing you. So here's the questions that Julian has sent me this morning. Um, And and, um, stick with us because I believe there's going to be some nuggets uh, from these answers and and it's going to drill down to a couple of universal lessons we can all use. So first up, mate, um, failures. What's, uh, What's been a failure that has led to more success since you started the podcast? So, Yes. Okay. Uh, so initially it was, I was afraid to record what was going on in my life. And at the start, when I started first working with you, I thought like, oh, okay, I'm going to hand in these emails. He he thinks they're going to be awesome. We're just going to do a few touches, uh, free few edits. Um, and it turns out that (laughs) I remember when I first handed in a bunch of emails for a YouTuber, you're like, these are just terrible. Like just start again start again and I was a bit embarrassed to record that on the podcast because I thought that would make me seem uh, not smart inadequate but what I realized was that I think you told me this as well is that that's all part of the process people like that authenticity people it's good to share your story with that and you're coming from this reporter angle which is what you want to be doing so I think just to sum up my favorite failure was um, being okay with being bad at what I thought I was good at and then sharing that progress along the way publicly. 
Well, here's a couple of lessons too, mate, and 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 that's great. Everyone gets embarrassed like that. Uh, Kennedy said it years ago. You know, um, no one likes anyone that's too perfect. I mean, uh, you know, the comic book dude, Superman. I mean, nothing can kill him except for kryptonite. Now, if there was no kryptonite, there'd be no story. Um, and what I've seen over the years, a lot of people present this image of themselves uh, on social media and stuff that's got nothing to do with their real life. They're, they're living a very, very incongruent uh, life. Uh, but by sharing your successes and failures, by sharing that, hey, you know, I was embarrassed and, and stuff like that, um, uh, it it lets your audience in, you know, it lets mm-hmm. them realize that you're a real life human with foil uh, flaws and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, you know, hundred percent, man. Um, yeah. That's been like, I, if, if that's not a nugget for you, if you're listening right now, list your flaws that are going to strategically help you. Um, Cause I remember you saying, Pete, I've listened to this podcast a few times. We're saying it doesn't make any strategic sense to say, I still wet the bed. Well, he, 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 here's a good point. Here's a good point. Uh, for adults. I, I, I said that on Cash Characters all those years ago. Yeah. Uh, look, if you were a bedwetter till you were 30, maybe keep that story to yourself <laughs> unless, unless you're selling some type of nappy or, or, or some type of uh, fix for that problem. And, and, and a good thing to keep in mind for your audience is, the old saying, they want to see your scars, not your wounds. So you yes. don't want to go too far with this. Like it's, 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 I always point this out uh, that hardly anyone sees the incongruence, but uh, I watched this lady for, for, for weeks on social media and it was just basically all me, 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 how sad I am, how depressed she was and all that, which is terrible. It's ter- I really felt for the lady. But the next week she comes out with a course, something like how to get your back life back on track. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, there's a little bit of incongruence there. So what you share, uh, anything that you share should be strategic, but it should be true. Like I always say, mate, one of my uh, persuasion players doctrine is just because you're strategic doesn't mean you're not sincere. Okay. Mm-hmm. But getting over that embarrassment and getting over the, 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 the need to be right, getting over the need to be perfect and, and just to put your ego aside and learn. Because, I, you know, I, uh, I've got one or two more sensitive clients that, that, that while my advice is still pragmatic to them, mate, that I can be as blunt as I want with you so we don't waste time. I don't have to... Uh, spend five minutes appealing to your ego and then tell you that the emails are crap. Yeah, like this morning's email, mate, these questions are kind of fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I thought you were asking me them and I thought, you know. That's what wanna... I mean. Like you've, you don't sugarcoat things. Um, you just get to the point and that's a lot. Life's short, life short, mate. Now, yeah. here's another question I've got for you. Okay, okay, let's go. Um, how has your philosophy on business changed since you started? Okay. So I've thought about this. When I first started, I was really interested in chasing opportunities, money, like the, what, what gave you the most amount of money in terms of a business. And so I remember one of the things I was doing was Amazon FBA. Do you know what that is, Pete? 
Kinda, not really. Right. Basically, where you private label products and then ship them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I remember I did all the stuff leading up to it, and all the research. I had the supplier ready, and right before I was about to click the button, I had this gut feeling like I don't, I, I don't want to do this because it's promoting consumerism where it's just like sucking up natural resources to selling some frivolous like dog ladder made from some cheap Chinese crap plastic and I'm like I'm not really helping people here and the more I've worked with clients I had to start at the bottom who was doing like affiliate marketing just pushing crap products and then just the like the higher better quality client I got the more transformation I saw in their clients that they helped. And so what I realized was that um, money isn't all the end game. Um, And if you want to help people in business or like if you want to choose a path in business, me personally, I want to pick something that has a ripple effect. It sounds a bit cliche, but if you can help someone do something and they go out and do something else, that's really fulfilling and rewarding. Um, But if it's just selling widgets and stuff just for just for shits and giggles, I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but the beautiful thing is, man, um, I always say, you know, when, when I teach hardcore persuasion in some of these high-end seminars I've, I've done and stuff like that, I, I always I make a joke out, out of it, but I always tell them, you know, I want you to use this for good, not evil purposes because there's a yeah. flip side to persuasion, which is manipulation. Now, it's great that you've got that centred. I don't think I've – there's certain clients that I I would never work with, and I've been doing it. This is my 21st year um, because I just don't want to get involved in in that industry. Mm. But the beautiful thing is, man, you can have both. You can stick to your morals and stuff like that and make a shitload of money as well by helping people. Now, as you know, bottom line dollar, you know, that's me all over, man. But it's it's not at someone else's expense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So so that, that's a good lesson for you, man. Yeah. Ship, um, don't sell shit products. It doesn't well, sit well. Th- th- there's too many of them around there, man. <laughs> you know. Hey, what's yes. a big lesson you've learned through the last two years with all the uh, Ooh. with, yeah, with okay. all the the shit going down with everything? Yeah. So this one isn't to do with business. And so what I learned at the time was that. In- if you followed my journey, I left Melbourne, my home city, to go move uh, with my then girlfriend at the time to Adelaide, which is a city I had no relationships, no friends with. I was in a house with uh, one other person and my girlfriend and building a business. And I got very lonely. I didn't have any friends. It was hard to make new connections. And I learned, and when I was on like a Zoom call, I remember I was on a Zoom calls for my birthday. And all my friends showed up and there was a lot of, I know you don't, but there's a lot of FOMO there being like, oh man. Did, really did, did you cry when you saw all your friends? No, nah, when I left, I was pretty down. Like, I wish I had. I could, be, I could barely talk to you, mate. If you weren't paying me, I, I, I wouldn't have got on those calls with you. No way. <laughs> it was too depressing. No, nah, yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. The, so what are you, what are you getting to? You were lonely. You're depressed. I, I learned that connection is so important and that it's like no matter how busy you are doing business or what's going on in your life um it is so important to make time for friends because 
I don't know what it is, but for me personally, I just love just being around friends and we're not talking about business. We're just talking about just other stuff. Like we're playing, I play sport twice a week and that's super important to me. So the thing I learned was just for like mental well-being, um, being productive without necessarily knowing why it was just having that social circle and constant contact with them is super important. COVID took that away. And I think a lot of people realize that along the way. What do you think, Pete? Yeah, well, social media can't uh, replace uh, personal connections, man. You just you just jolted me to 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 give an old mate a call, actually. So oh, thank good. you for that. Good. Um, but but yeah, like a lot of people were isolated, and a lot of people were, were, uh, are feeling isolated and 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 scared and stuff like that. Were you feeling isolated and scared, Pete? All no, in the I, bunker? I wasn't, man, because I'm pretty reclusive these days. <laughs> you know, I don't. I didn't notice too much difference up here in the tropics, man. Because you went, you went scrolling, feeling FOMO. Oh, shit. <laughs> nah, nah, you know it's it it did it. You know, I, I'm blessed in a lot of you know. I know people that this has really affected their business and stuff like that. So I really feel for them, mm. and and I feel kind of guilty. Well, not really guilty, but uh, you know, it, it didn't really affect me. I I, I can work anywhere, and and by living up in in yeah, the, the tropics, tropics. In, in North Queensland, it, it didn't really affect as much at all. But personal connection, it is affecting me because some good mates can't visit me and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's that's where I'm really feeling it, mate. Yeah. Um, it gets you down sometimes and you're just like, oh, something's missing and you're not sure what it is. But here's the thing, getting back to you uh, a question or two before mm-hmm. about selling good stuff. There's a lot, a lot of, there's so many opportunities for 2022. It's unbelievable. Now, I've got a great mate, um, Francis Guano, uh, who, who specializes in uh, anxiety and, um, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. And her business has gone through the roof. And next year, it's going to be even bigger because she's helping so many more people. Uh, deal with this anxiety, you know. So, so while there's all this bad stuff happening, there's also opportunities to make money and help people, not rip them off like we talked about. It's about actually helping people. Now, I'll tell you now, man, over the last two years, I've had old clients come out of the woodwork that I haven't heard from for 10 years or mm-hmm. wanting some help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bad times causes that. Um, but yeah, keep fit, keep healthy. You know, that's what you're doing, man. And keep around friends. That's super yeah. important. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, another question. What's the hardest business decision you've had to make? Okay. I say I, I wrote business decision, but it's actually, you mentioned before business or relationships. And, uh, I think, you know, I'm going with this one. I remember at the time, so I was living with, uh, my girlfriend, and she was my biggest cheerleader. I had I had no friends really there to, to, to debrief with. Uh, it was tough. Pete was giving me brutal feedback. I was in the corner crying. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it, it I was. Bet, I bet you were, man. <laughs> so she was. So she was your biggest supporter, and yeah. you just dumped her and walked <laughs> away. Is that what you're saying, Julian? So not necessarily, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, you know, sorry, like, sorry. Let I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, sure there, were, there was a lot of investment in that relationship. Like we'd been through a lot of shit together. Yeah, um, I'd helped her out with her knee. I helped her move out several times. I was there for when her parents broke up. Yeah, um, 
we went on several long like overseas trips and now beautiful and yeah and we had a really good relationship but then i just realized when i was living with her that it just wasn't the right person i knew i was going to be living with the rest of my life um um, i know you probably maybe you felt that before pete but um it's not an easy feeling i was torn like this woman is like she's my band she's my rock like she's helping me get through these really tough times but at the same time i can't grow as a person as a business if i hold on to her and it was a really hard decision i remember that day i had to tell her on the bed i'm like this is just how i feel and she was just shocked Mm. and the next day i ordered a car and the day after that i left and i was gone i left packed up all my shit put into a one-way rental car I moved back to my parents and that was the hardest decision because it was like, everything's going well here. I'm living by the beach. You know, this person's supporting me here. Yeah, but before our audience starts thinking that you're a real prick, she come to the same conclusion a week or two later. She realized that as well. That is correct. The hardest part in life is moving on, I found, man. And, um, you know, you know, there's, 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 there's people in your life that won't be in your life in a couple of years. And, and that's not because you think you're better. It's just that you're moving in a different direction. Okay. And if you're, if you're still with someone, and we're not talking about your former girlfriend here, but if you're around people that, that, that uh, they feel a need to bring you down to their own level, and don't let you grow, it's, it's, it's time to move on, you know. Sometimes, you know, you're around some old friends that you're shining so brightly that mm. that they feel their own dimness. Yeah, the insecurities. You know, and that, that, that will get projected onto you. And, and that's really bad energy for you, especially if you're, you're moving forward in a new direction, mate. So Yeah, that's a big lesson um, for everyone listening. Um, I got a last question for you here too. Yes. Um, what do you think is your biggest flaw? What do you think my biggest flaw is, Pete? <laughs> I don't want to say in public. <laughs> you know. Okay. Well, I'll I'll mention one that you think that you'll know it's dear to your heart, and um, it's I'm a big overthinker, and I've thought about this before, and it actually. You know how you, you pick up your traits from your parents and they pick up from their parents? Well, yeah, it's, it's Kennedy calls it what you hear from the top of the stairs. Like you're supposed to be in bed and you're up the top of the stairs if you live in a two-story two house and you yeah. over-listen to your parents, you know? Yeah. Well, what I figured out while living with my folks for like eight months during COVID in 2021 is I spent a lot of time with them so I could pick up where these traits that I had came from and so my mum is a catastrophizer, big time. And how do I know that? Well, my grandma is a catastrophizer. How do I know that? Well, she came from like war-torn Germany. She was from Ukraine originally in 1945. And they had to leave Ukraine and go to take into Germany. And like it was just hard shit then. So things were tough for them and they had to sort of be on alert. And I guess that's what's passed on to my mum. And then growing up i remember it was her calling me and being like walking to school did you turn the iron off did you turn the stove off 
and yep. it's conditioned. I've spoke about this with my two sisters, and this this has just been conditioned into all of us that we overthink and catastrophize a bit. However, I've thought about it in a good way, though. It is a bit of a strength as well. Uh, one of the things that I look for when I work with clients is every reason why someone won't buy. What are all the what's I want to find every single flaw in their pitch. So when I'm talking to them or talking to their customers, I know I can just think of all these devil's advocate questions to to bring up so that the sales pitch is bulletproof. Um, I, I just on that point, man, I love that because a lot of copywriters just focus on, you know, they you know they 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 focus on just selling as hard as they can, but they don't bring up any of the flaws. They don't bring up any objections. I'm and I probably instilled this into you as well, man. Like I'm every reaction, you know, every action causes reaction. Okay. So I just don't write the copy. I want to know, you know, if it's continuity, have you got that back end organized? You know, have you done this? Have you done that? Is it going to be a smooth start to that continuity? You know what I mean? Mm. There's a dozen questions I've got, I've got to make sure that client's clear on. And half the time, you know, um, not with a lot of my clients these days, but if you, talking to uh, uh, clients that haven't been to business much, you know, you stump them on the first question. I mean, you know, um, so, so it's a good thing, but overthinking can, can kill, can kill things as well. There's a flip side to that, mate. That's you know, right. that's right. Um, I always say awareness is half the battle one, you know, self-awareness is half the battle one. So by being aware and being openly honest with yourself, you can see some things um, that need fixing. So that's half the battle one. You know what? The, you, you know you've got a problem. Many people don't. They're just blissfully unaware right. of, of all their all their <laughs> shit that they throw on. You know why is it, why me? And then can't understand what's going on. And, and some flaws don't have to be fixed, man. Like um, Kennedy said it in his um, uh, in his book. Uh, unfinished business his autobiography yeah, and yeah. um he, he he talked about that you know he, he said yeah he's got these flaws like some people could call flaws in idiosyncrasies and stuff like that but he's he's too paranoid to actually seek help for it because he, he's scared that the magic that he creates every day would be lost yeah like he, even <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and, he, he, I've got some. I got some flaws, man. Um, you know, I, I'm only good at three or four things. Really, really damn good at three or four three things. Other things I'm clueless about. But at this stage of my life, I'm fine with being clueless about some things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't my Zoom link on file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, Send me just, a Zoom link, Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, it keeps you on the toes. Yeah. But about the Kennedy thing, you know, you just spark something. When I was reading um, something you sent me, he said he's perpetually frustrated. Like he's never not frustrated. Um, yeah. and, and that goes back to what you're saying. It's part of the magic. Like some people are just drawn to, like if he was to get help and be this happy, clappy dude, it wouldn't it, be Dan Kennedy anymore. No, it wouldn't be. And, and keep in mind that, uh, his character is a cash character. It's an embellished character of who he really is. Yeah. Uh, Dan one-on-one is just a really respectful, good guy. You know what I mean? But but 
he, he keeps a lot of people away and keeps them in line with this grumpy old Dan image. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah, is it, that it, it? It's all true, but it's just an embellished truth. Is that through observation, or how did you know that um, he's just a the opposite when you just talk to him one on one? Not the opposite, well, but just award like not as embellished. Well, well, in his high end courses, he actually reveals that you know. So um, and, and and the you know uh, Dan still uses the facts and. Um, Years ago, uh, I, I swapped several faxes with 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 Dan uh, mm-hmm. for the reason that he that he had um, one of my characters I created for my newsletter. That's right, feature, featured the little him. fish, the little fi- Oscar. Is that yep, it? and plus my dog used to make a appearance. Ben, and, and the dog. Yeah, yep, and that was put in his pets in marketing book. But and, and I've had many clients. One of my clients. One Glazer Kennedy uh, marketer of the year, another client of mine one year come runners up, and they've spent a lot of one-on-one time with Dan, and he, he's he's just a good guy, man. But you can imagine if he didn't set up all these parameters to run his business, how overwhelmed he would be with all the incoming data, mm-hmm. and that that's why he gets so much done. But that that's a good thing, man. I think you've got over that floor to a certain degree yeah, uh, with, with overthinking things. Uh, I've taught you, you know, when you're writing any piece of copy, you know, you know, what's my objective? And, and you, and you work backwards, you stick to that, man. You know, <laughs> I know that, right. that so doesn't overcap. That just cuts through all the bullshit. Whenever I say that to a copywriter or a coach or anything that I usually get a minute silence and they just think, Oh shit, you nailed it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's so simple, but I yeah, feel no like- one, no, no one ever told me that. No one ever sat me down and, and you know told me all these things. It's just by years of experience and 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 years of investing in myself, you know, from greater minds than my own. So, mm-hmm. and and one good trait of yours too, mate. You you've invested in your in your education in your copy skills, and that's why you've gone from nothing to now you i think i think your copy's brought in about a million and a half bucks for for your clients yeah i mean that's no accident you don't do that by accident no, okay if I, if I was just reading books no on copy or reading Would, the or, hang, Halbert or, group. Or, or hanging out hanging out uh, on facebook um uh parroting uh, what you've just read as, as if it's your own you know, and 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 chumming up with a thousand other struggling copywriters ain't gonna improve your copy. Uh, you actually wrote the copy, man. So I'll take my hat off to you. Yeah, well, I'll take my hat off to you as well because it's one thing to write it, but you can't get better unless you have someone who's got a shitload of experience giving you feedback. So whoever's listening, and you want to take whatever your skill is to the next level, I just can't. I just can't. Just, oh my gosh, you just have to get someone who's done this, who's done what you want many, 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 many times and be okay with being shit and pay them to help you. <laughs> yeah. And man, you, you started um, uh, your journey with me free at, at my podcast, PeteGodfreyShow.com. I did. I did. And I picked you up know? little nuggets and applied them. And 
And you were sprouting these to me on our first call. And I was thinking, well, this guy's done his homework because I, I get people contacting me, but, uh, you know, if you write to me like, hey, dude, uh, heard you were, heard you were down with all this copy and, sh- you know, <laughs> let, let's hook up for a call. I mean, yeah, it just gets deleted, man. Yeah, right. Well, that was unintentional. It was, I think it was just very enthusiastic with copy at the time. And I just wanted to share that fanboyism, well, but it worked well, a bit. Well, you were persistent. So yeah, I was. And you were respectful. But yeah, man, that's all the questions I've got for you. Um, plenty of lessons if people go back and have a listen to this. You got any wildcard questions or you're out of time? Uh, you know, short and sweet is better than long and boring, I've always said. Okay, so that's a no. All right, we're wrapping up here. Um, the biggest lesson on a launch that you ever got. Last question. Um, I've showed you my the way I do my email launches. Um, is a you've learned so many lessons there, but oh, is so there many, a, and, this, and this, this one's putting you on the spot too, because it's, it's not in your list of questions. Yeah. It's, it's like saying what is the most important body part in the human body. It's hard to say just one. Well, it oh. depends on your age and, and, <laughs> and if you're a man or a woman, man, uh, if you're 18 and you're a man, you know, but we won't go down <laughs> we there. Won't, oh, I'm surprised you even went there. Um, okay. oh, it's not my show, mate. I, yeah. Yeah, I can say what I want. <laughs> it's like I have to give two answers because uh, just it wouldn't make one is that the pre-launch is just it needs that if the, without the excitement, without the anticipation, there is no rush to buy, and that is something that every launch needs to happen. If um, can I people, jump in there too? Of course. And 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 you can't make that uh, it too narrow uh like you, you can't make that too narrow that only a small percentage of the list will want it, it it's got to be sort of like a a universal appeal as well if mm. you drill down too deeply and just lead with one hook that only 10 percent of the list is uh interested in yeah like like the launch I always teach from was my buying frenzy launch and the pre-launch, as you know, was what makes us buy. And then for five emails, I took, tease them about what makes us buy. Yeah, you know, but, that, but, that was the hook, man. Well, that's actually interesting because while being candid here, you know, I've had some wins, I had some flops and one of the flops for launches focused too narrowly on one particular well, thing. Well, that, that's what I was getting at. I didn't know if you'd bring that up. We don't have to bring it up what it was, but a lesson for you there was and and is and that you won't make the same mistake again even though the client was pushing for that angle uh is that it has to have a broad enough appeal to to appeal to now the list the, the list might be segmented it might be coaches course creators whatever and that's great so you're going to that core market but you don't then want to make it so narrow to that core market that only a few of them will want it. Mm. That, 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 that it has to have a, a broad appeal. Like, as I said, what makes us buy? Yeah. Okay. That's, so that's I'm, a good lesson that you shared. That's a great lesson. I'm picking that up. Um, and the second thing as well, we don't have to touch on it too much, but uh, urgency at the start and at the end of the emails, when you're got the cart close sequence um, that has helped so much for my clients. Um because you can write a great email, but if you just shove the 
PS, here's the link. There's a good chance people will miss it. Mate, if there's no urgency, it's not true direct response. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, urgency has got to be, and urgency is created as well in the pre-launch. So, so they know it's limited before it even, before you even open. But the launch itself, yeah, urgency has to be there. People procrastinate. We all do. If there's no urgency, they'll they'll put it aside. All um, right. Yes, I think we got enough gold here for you, listener. So thank you so much for joining me, Pete. Pleasure. And, and thanks a lot for listening all the way to the end of this episode. Yep. And if your audience wants to check my podcast out, it's PeteGodfreyShow.com. And thanks for having me, man. Thanks, man. Have you got a, any freebies to give away? I always ask my guests that. Mate, there's 170 episodes of freebies. Okay, there, there you go. So just go there. You don't have to opt in. Just go there, have a listen. Yeah, it's Pete Godfrey Persuasion Show. It's where I started my journey, and um, I think I've listened yeah. to it six times. So yeah, and the, the the URL is PeteGodfreyShow.com. Cool. Thanks a lot, Pete. All right, mate. Thank you.